A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson. Well, happy Saturday, everybody. Happy Saturday, Betsy. How are you doing this time? (laughs) Funny story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we record our show, and, well, when everything works, we record our show. Sometimes we go through a whole bunch of really good material, and then somebody, let's not name names, Uh somebody has perhaps failed to start the recorder, which just happened. Yes. I would like to point out that this has happened (laughs) to us since the very, very, very beginning of this show. It's like something's never changed. I know. It's very funny. One of the very first episodes that we ever recorded, you you had an hour window and then you had to leave for a five-hour drive or a four-hour drive up north for yep. Christmas or Thanksgiving or something. And we recorded a really, really, really good, hilarious episode, and I failed to record any of it. Yep. I completely forgot to push the start button. <laughs> and then you were terrified to tell me. Oh, I was scared to Because you knew I was going to be mad because I <laughs> only had so much time. I know. And, and you were a little angry. But you handled it in stride with class and dignity. And I stayed and re-recorded and, yeah. This time I caught it very early into it. So, (sighs) anyway, what we had mentioned in my now lost recordings (laughs) is that as we talked last week or a couple weeks ago, we mentioned that Betsy is leaving RepcoLite. By the time the show airs, by the time it's on right now and you're hearing it, it's official. Betsy is gone to... Another place. She's, well, it sounds like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> May she rest in peace. No, no she's starting a new chapter. And yes. the good news is we've kind of worked out some, some ways that you'll be back on the show a little more regularly than we thought previously. At least that yeah. seems to be a very strong possibility moving forward. I'm so going to try good. to make a guest appearance just to, you know, put you in your place and give you a little bit of a hard time and just make sure that you're giving our listeners correct information. I appreciate that. <laughs> so we'll be hearing from Betsy often in the future. So yeah. that's going to be good. That's going to be fun. Yeah. And this whole week's been a whole bunch of lasts for you, you know, Ugh. wrapping things up. It's tough. You know, there's yeah. there's excitement, I'm sure, for starting something new, but there's also, you know, the sadness of leaving mm-hmm. something behind, yeah. which I think is is what we would, you know, 2020, the sadness of leaving something behind. That's that's yeah. what this whole year has been. Now, when we leave 2020 behind, there's going to be no sadness at all, unless no. 2021 is even worse. Oh my goodness, I cannot even fathom. I, I, Yes, I am a little bit afraid of that. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I'm a yep. little afraid that 2021 is going to be as bad, if not worse, than I 2020. Know. I am so over this. <laughs> See, I am the optimistic one. Oh, yeah. And that's scary because I am not optimistic. Nope. But I, I feel it's going to be good. I mean, I it is so. what we make of it. You yeah. know, we're all chugging right along. Yes. And right now, let's talk about, you know, talking about 2021. I think it's time to talk about the color of the year from mm-hmm. Benjamin Moore for 2021. What was the color of the year for 2020? Sadness? Darkness? <laughs> Sadness. It was actually 
a very it was that light pink yeah and it's actually the color i had my room painted at my parents house and it looks phenomenal at first my dad said oh i'm not so sure but he's gotten used to it and he actually really likes it so it is a very cool color that was the color for 2020 and if they had seen what was coming, no, maybe they maybe they did, and they picked the <laughs> the happiest color they could. Right. But twenty 2020, twenty or twenty twenty one. Now they started the process of choosing this color a long time ago, right? Yeah, yeah. They always start at least a year in advance. I mean, I think as soon as the color for the upcoming year is announced, mm-hmm. they start working on the color for the following years so right now they're probably starting to look at 2022 Mm -hmm. and a color for that year so i've read a lot of articles about it and i know that they've said in the articles that you know their focus a lot of the stuff they'd written about what this new color was going to be for 2021 what they're projecting in the future they were talking about the importance of home and all of these things and creating this space that's welcoming and cozy and blah 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 and all of that was written mm-hmm. before we all got stuck there and the yes. doors were locked and we were forced to stay there. <laughs> and so it is kind yeah. of funny that they were projecting the importance of our, our space at home, which I guess that's really not. It's yeah. one of those things when you hear them talk about that, that's really could be made the case for any color of the year. It's about making your home cozy and warm. Right. But this year's, what do you think of it? Let's tell everybody what it is and then let's get Betsy's take on it. It's called a Gian teal, and it's it is really, number... really fun to say. Can I say it? A yes. Gian teal. A Gian teal. It's number twenty-one thirty-six forty. Um, that's in the color preview deck for those of you who know the different fan decks. That's where you'll find that. Yeah, color. if you're playing along at home, it's twenty-one thirty-six dash forty from Betsy. The color preview. Yes. Deck. Yep. What are we going to do when you're not here to <laughs> fill the void <laughs> that's in know. my in my ears between I my ears? No, I'm a little worried about that. <laughs> I'm going to do all right. You I'm going to study up. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, it's a it's a bluish green color, which yeah. you might have clued into when we said the word teal. <laughs> Yeah, but But it's not the teal. I think people, when they hear the word teal, they think of this really bright, oceany type of color. They think of my 1995 Cavalier. Yes. That was teal, and I'm sure that's what's in everybody's mind. Yeah. It's not that. No. That was super cool for somebody like me. Well, for anybody, really. (laughs) I just really made it look good. Uh Uh-huh. But it was a little bold for for a wall choice, a wall color choice. Right. Yeah. Um, this one is very soft and muted. It has a lot of that gray undertone to it, so it just makes it a lot more palatable to more people. I mean, the strong teals are very personal, you know, only a few people are going to like them. This one is very soothing. You know, it's kind of along the lines of that sage green, but with just some more blue in it. So mm-hmm. it's it's a very calming, very gentle color. Well, the whole color palette, because when they release a color of the year, Benjamin Moore will come up with a color trends Mm -hmm. booklet, which comes with how many other colors? Um, Uh, Maybe 12, 11 other colors. Maybe there's 12 colors in this color trends palette. And all of them are very, very natural Mm -hmm. in tones. You know, a lot of natural, you know, it's, it's very much 
soft tans and taupes and mm-hmm. muslin colors and and then you've got the greens and some warmer grays if right. you could say that i guess you, you yep. can grays can lean any different direction yeah you know a lot of really interesting colors in that regard and the whole idea is just this sense of calm and this sense of peace and and all of that mm-hmm. and sometimes when i say stuff like that it just feels like you're just regurgitating <laughs> everybody's marketing stuff, you know, because that's really all that is. You know, these colors are calming and cool. Mm -hmm. What do we do? That's what I always want to get to. We get these colors of the year. And what do regular people in West Michigan, let's say, that's Mm -hmm. where our show largely airs. Mm -hmm. What do we do with these color trends? What does this mean for us? Does this mean we have to repaint everything right now? No, it just gives you an idea of, you know, something that people are seeing out there. I mean, really... The people at Benjamin Moore go out and they scour the world around them. Every nook and cranny, you know, every aspect from art to buildings to wallpaper, everything. They look it all over and that's how they choose these colors. So it's things that you're going to be seeing everywhere around you anyway. But this color especially, you know, there's going to be kind of this emotional thing that people are going to have to it because... It does help calm us in these trying times and the chaos that seems to be happening around us. The only thing that I will say is make sure that you look at these colors, actually go and look at a color chip, because I was very stunned when I saw all the materials, you know, the promotional materials that go out there, and it looks very light and airy and kind of like the sage greens that I lean toward a lot. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw the actual chip, when I got out the fan deck and looked, it is much darker than what you think it is. I mean, I was very stunned, actually, at how much darker it was. Now, all right. There are two things that I want to say about that and dig into, but I think it's probably smarter to stop now and do that after the break. Right. Shall we do that, Betsy? Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a break now, and then we're going to talk about the two things that I found interesting about what Betsy just said. (laughs) And that's all coming up next, so stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. And we were talking about, well, hello, Betsy. You're back <laughs> as did. well, right? Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> With this remote um, recording, I guess I should, shouldn't just assume you're there. <laughs> well, but this remote recording has a video component, so you should see that I'm sitting here. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, you didn't have to say that because, yes, that makes me look way dumber. But that wasn't still a dumb thing because that doesn't mean our audio is connected. Well, that is true, except you were just talking to me before we started recording again, (laughs) therefore. Yes, okay. (laughs) Yep, I'm a bonehead. Yeah, I I know. Anyway, we're back. I'm here, Uh, Betsy's here. Yeah. And yeah, she's got the stinging commentary once again. We were talking about Benjamin Moore's Color of the Year, a G&Teal for 2021. Yes. And at the end of the last segment, you made a couple of comments that I will do my best to summarize. You talked okay. about how a G&Teal 
was a cool, soothing color. It would help us mm-hmm. deal with these upsetting, complicated, confusing times. Right. Okay, that was yep. one thing. The second thing that I thought was interesting is you talked about how it's really important to check out the color. You know, and specifically, mm-hmm. you were talking about a G and teal. Don't just judge the color based on the literature, the the images right. that we see. Right. And that's the first of these two, because that was the last thing you were talking about. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that first. Okay. That is something that's so important, no matter what color you're choosing. Because how many times haven't we seen that in the store? You know, working oh, Repolite, yeah. Port City mm-hmm. Paints. People will find a magazine, they'll find an article, they'll see a picture. And sometimes in those insets, mm-hmm. those pictures will even give you the color name. Yes. And people run straight to the store. Mm-hmm. Well, they drive and then they yes. run into the store with those magazines and they want that color. And the problem is, how many times haven't we helped somebody where you mm-hmm. pull the color chip down and they're blown away? Right. Exactly. By what it actually looks like. And and that's what happens with this color. That's what happens with every color. It's so important to go to the color rack and actually see what you're working with before you just make an assumption based on the image. Yeah, the main photo I'm talking about, there's one that is out there. I think it's like their cover photo for the color of the year. It's like We'll kitchen. put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's a kitchen scene. And if you look on the left-hand side, it looks like a light you know, teal kind of green color. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the far right-hand side, and it is very dark. That is the true color on the far right-hand side. But most of the photo, because of where they have the light positioned, as if it's coming in through a window or a door, it makes the color look so much lighter than it actually is on the color chip. So it's just something to be aware of. It's a beautiful color, light or dark. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Well, and, and and the thing is, you use this as a starting point. Mm-hmm. You pull the actual color, and then from there, you can start making adjustments. And that's where those Benjamin Moore color samples are huge. You can yeah. buy a pint color sample. You really can never go wrong doing that. You know, if mm-hmm. you find you like the color and you're good, just pour it into the bucket as you're working when you get the rest of the paint. If right. you don't like the color, yeah, you're out a pint, but it's way better than being out a gallon. Well, and the nice thing, I was looking at this is G and Teal, um, you know, the photo of the kitchen that we've been talking about. And if you pull the strip for a G and Teal, if you really like the lighter version that you're seeing with all of the light coming into that room, mm-hmm. you can just go up one or two color notches on that color chip. And that's going to be similar to what you're seeing in the photo with all the light pouring through. But right. also remember... That when you put this color in your room, you may actually end up, if it is a very light and bright room, you may actually end up with a color that does look like what is in that kitchen space. So it all comes down to what you've got. I know. And that that is honestly confusing. You know, I know what you're saying. It's maybe hard to even grab all that and, and parse that sentence that you just gave, but the, what what it boils down to is don't necessarily assume you need the lighter color either, just because right. the color chip you're looking at in the store seems too dark. Mm-hmm. That's where the samples really, really help. Right. You know, paint them on your wall, or better yet, we always recommend painting them on poster board or yes. foam board or something yep. that you can move around and look at in different lighting. Mm-hmm. And you might be surprised that that darker color that seems darker on the chip looks perfect in your setting. Right. You might need to go to the lighter one. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It's really about use these as a starting point. Get your right. ideas set and then go from there with some actual samples. 
you can never go wrong with that, no matter right. what color you're working with. The yeah. second thing you talked about, and I want to get back to, is you went on and on. You waxed poetically <laughs> about how a G and Teal was going to bring a sense of calm and peace and all of that mm-hmm. to our troubled lives. Right. And I know that sometimes that just seems like a lot of hooey. It sounds you know? very touchy-feely, doesn't it? It is. Like it does. warm fuzzies. And, <laughs> yeah. and yet, there really is substantive scientific basis for believing that color affects our moods. Color literally does affect our moods. I don't necessarily think that what we're saying is that you're going to paint a room with this Aegean teal color and you're going to walk in and instantly it feel like it's a shot in the arm and you're instantly calm. You know, it's not Prozac on your walls or something (laughs) like that. Right. But there is this subconscious thing going on Mm -hmm. that it just brings you calm. And we know this is true. Hospitals paint in blues and greens so that you're less freaked out about the bills. And when you find out that a Band-Aid is $70 and things like that, when the blues are surrounding you, you don't feel so bad about that. Yeah. There's a whole study, the psychology of color, what it does... To our brains that we don't even realize is happening. You know, yellows and oranges and reds are energizing and blues and greens tend to be very calming. And then you have purples, which are very regal. And, you know, there's a whole study that goes into this. Right. And so this entire palette that Benjamin Moore's created for 2021 all work really well together. And the Aegean teal, definitely a very cool, very calming color. Well, it's crazy because my parents have a color very similar to this in their main bathroom in their house, and they've had it for years, and it is calming. You know, you can go into that bathroom, and it's very soothing. It's like you time. And the whole color palette, I mean, kudos to Benjamin Moore this year, because I think the color palette is really something that you can pick and choose colors from. You know, other years there are really bright colors and people go, oh my goodness, I would never choose that. But Mm -hmm. all of these colors, I feel, are very viable for people to use in their decorating. So kudos to them. Exactly. I do want to point out that if I had said you're putting this color in your bathroom so you've got some you time, Mm -hmm. I think you would have made great fun of me and I don't think it would have come off sounding professional. You say it. (laughs) And it just seems professional. Well, that's because I am speaking to the women out there who want to take their bubble bath with their candles and their glass of wine and have the you time away from the husband and kids. Yep. And if I say it, it comes across as an entirely different kind of concept. Anyway, a G and Teal. Check it out. Now, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some fall projects that you're definitely going to want to tackle before fall ends. Right. That's coming up next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and we're going to dig into some fall projects. And we're yeah. not nagging. No. We're just, we're speaking, I'm speaking for sure from experience. Oh, yeah, for sure. And these are things I've got to get done. Yeah. And uh, one of them that's that's super important, and I wanted to make sure we talked about it before the, the season was over, but it's getting your lawnmower ready to store for winter. And the reason this is a big one, and I wanted to make sure we covered it, is because I just bought, a couple of years ago, a brand new lawnmower. I'm very happy with it. It's a very mm. nice 
right. squish lawnmower. Yeah. It's, it's almost a pull lawnmower. Mm-hmm. It goes so fast, I have to almost run to keep up. So I get a lot of exercise. It is a very big lawnmower. <laughs> it's like on the verge of being a rider, but you're still walking behind it. Yeah, and when you're my size, it looks even bigger. <laughs> you know, the people, the neighbor comes by, wow, I've never seen one so big. And then he looked at it up close. He says, oh, it's just because you're standing next to it. It seems yep. bigger than it is. Yep. But anyway, I've got this new one, and I want to make sure that it lasts for years and years and years. Right. And when it comes to your lawnmower, the very most important thing you can do is get the gas out of it. Yeah, run it until it is completely empty or siphon it out. I mean, the problem with gas nowadays, you know, it used to be you could leave it in there and it's fine. But now gas has a lot of ethanol in it. And so you want to get that out of there because the alcohol can actually start eating away at your gaskets, plastic parts, rubber parts, and things like that. And then you have a huge problem come next spring when you want to start your mower again. Right. It can gum up your carburetors. It attracts moisture. Yeah. you got to get rid of it. So like Betsy was saying, siphon it out, run the engine dry. Do you remember me talking about a couple oh. of years ago when I did that with my snowblower? Yeah, and you blamed it on the neighbor. You're <laughs> like, that stupid neighbor keeps no, running and running no. that thing. I never said stupid. But yes, I put it out on the end of the driveway, started it up, and let it run. You know, I am being proactive. This was uh-huh. right after we first had aired our very first segment talking about this kind of thing. Right. And I went into the house, and I know this will come as a surprise to you, Betsy, but mm. I forgot that I had left it out there. Yep. And after about a half an hour, the noise was driving me nuts. Uh-huh. And I thought, what is up with the neighbor? Turn that off. <laughs> and then it went on and on and on for hours because apparently it was a full tank. And I was so frustrated. I couldn't nap. I couldn't do anything. And I crabbed to the children, and they looked out the window, and they said, Dad, why is he doing it on our driveway? (laughs) I said, oh, that doesn't make any sense. And I looked out the window. Oh, that looks like my lawn or my snowblower. Yep. So anyway, I would recommend siphoning it out. There are very inexpensive siphon pumps that you can get that are super easy. Mm -hmm. You know, super easy to use. Right. And it's a little pump. You don't have to suck on it. Oh, yeah. Don't recommend that. So get the little thing with the pump, siphon it out, and then run it dry. You still want to do that. There are still other things you want to make sure you do before you close it up for the season. And one of those would be to get, especially if you use it like I do, I use it to mulch all the leaves. Mm -hmm. And ideally, you're mulching them when they're when they're dry. Right. But the way I roll, that doesn't always, you don't always get to work in ideal conditions. Well, there's been so much rain recently that everything just, I feel like, is staying very wet. All the leaves are staying wet. So yes. you might have wet leaves. You're going to have that caked on the underside of the, the, the deck there. So you yeah. want to make sure before you put it away for the winter, you scrape that off and get that mm-hmm. cleaned up as well. Um, what other things, Betsy? If you've got a rider, you definitely want to get the battery out. You know, put that inside. Yeah. And get one could... of those battery tender things. Um, it just kind of trickle charges your battery over the winter. That'll keep it from going completely dead. So when you go to use it in the spring, you can actually use it. I use that on my motorcycle as well. One of those oh, your battery motorcycles. I I probably would be more inclined to have a moped. See, I, you always probably. I feel like such a dope. <laughs> You've got a motorcycle, and I've got you know pedal bike or something. Hey, when you were talking about snowblowers, yeah, did I say something cool? No, no, no. Is my snowblower cool? Well, maybe, yeah. but it got me thinking. You know, we're talking about getting your lawnmower, you know, put away for the sure. season. 
now, as long as you're doing that, now would be a great time to get your snowblower out because snow has happened up north already. It didn't, you know, it melted because of all the rain that we had after that, but it is coming. So putting away your lawnmower, getting your snowblower out and ready to go. Right. That is a really good point, Betsy. Good job. Thank you. You're welcome. But yes, getting that ready and honestly making sure it starts. Yeah. (laughs) Because we run into lots of people, and this happens every year. The stores sell out almost right away Mm -hmm. when, if we get like a big snow or something. The snow hits, yep. Everybody realizes at that point, or that's when, if Mm -hmm. you have a lawn or a snowblower that's not going to start, that's when you usually find out. Right. And then it's this massive run to the store. It's like Mm -hmm. a Black Friday experience. Right. Don't be that person. Yeah. Figure out if it starts right now before it's Mm -hmm. an emergency. Right. And you can get it taken care of and get it ready to go. Get the oil yeah. changed. Get everything yeah. set. You don't want to fill it up with gas that you're not going to use in the next 30 days. Right. You know, keep that in mind because the same thing applies. It don't, doesn't take very long mm-hmm. for the gas to become a problem. So right. don't buy lots of gas ahead of time. Don't fill it up ahead of time and just sit on it. Right. All of those things. But get it ready. How about leaves? You know, let's change gears. I talked about mm-hmm. mulching the leaves. A lot of us are, you know, starting the raking process, of course, because yeah. it's one of those things you've got to keep up on. Right. We went last year and tested a whole bunch of different rakes. It was our, our community service that we did because, honestly, you go to the stores and, and there's all these really cool looking rakes out there. And mm-hmm. I always want to buy, I always think, the biggest coolest looking newfangled thing I can find. And those are always these plastic rakes with like a three foot long, you know. Yeah. What would you even call that? A spread? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it's three foot long. Everything seems huge when you're my size. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I would always want the biggest rakes that I could. And I bought one once and I hated that thing. I absolutely yeah. hated it. Yeah. And so you and I took it on ourselves last year to try, I think we tried four different kinds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we found, we thought it was quite stunning what we discovered. Yeah, because for all of these rakes nowadays that are plastic, they say they're not, or they're what, non-clogging? Non-clogging. Yep. yep. Um, and they're just, they're supposed to do a better job. They're bigger, so it makes the job go faster. I tell you what, I found them to be cumbersome, and I didn't think they did a very good job. Yeah, it's non-clogging, but I I felt like I took way longer to do the leaves because it just wasn't getting them. Yeah, I had a couple of things. The big plastic ones that you're talking about that mm-hmm. had the non-clogging tines. One of the things that I hated is just that, if the one that we got, there was a couple. One was super rigid. Yes. You know, so it could yep. rake the leaves, but it didn't conform to the ground very well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there was another one that was, it conformed really well. Right. But it was so, you know, um, there there's no stability to it that it right. really didn't grab the leaves. Right. What we found was basically the cheap old metal rakes that you think of with the yeah. metal tines, the yep. wooden handle, super simple. They're not crazy wide, mm-hmm. but they move so fast. They're light yeah. enough that you can really move. They've got enough pressure to rake well, but mm-hmm. they conform to the ground as you go. Yeah, Easily, those were the best. We also liked 
for the lightness of the use, mm-hmm. the bamboo rakes. I love my bamboo for rake. For certain situations. Uh, yeah. You know, I chucked the plastic one that I spent a lot of money on and went back to the bamboo one. And the bamboo one is old and it's falling apart a little bit, but it still did a better job. I mean, the tines of it just kind of modulate as the ground modulates. Good so that's grief. What? Well, it's just... Can't you just say it dumb like I do? No. <laughs> Modulates to the It Google does. That. It's it's great. And especially if you have any sort of um like um pine cones that maybe you're raking over top because you have a pine tree or acorns sure. or anything like that, walnuts, whatever you may tennis have. Tennis balls. Uh we have a lot of tennis balls. In yeah. The it just it goes nicely over those things. So I yeah. really like mine. There were some downsides to them. They break, like you're saying, yeah. they break, they do all of that. But anyway, the metal rakes, it, you really can't go wrong. No. You're not going to save a lot of time by going to these super wide plastic ones. At least that was our experience. Yeah. And we did a fair amount of hands-on testing yeah. on those. So take it for what you want. If you're in the market for a new rake, we don't advocate going out and buying those great big... What look to be the coolest ones out there. You can stick with something simple and get the job done. Right. Now, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite things that we've learned over all the time that we've done this show together. Yes. And we're going to cram that all into about eight minutes. <laughs> That's coming up next. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. I'm here. Betsy's here. I'm here. And we're here to close out the show with some of our favorite things that we've learned on the show. And Betsy, you honestly, going into this segment, didn't know what we were going to be talking about. Nope. On this segment. So I'm going to go first. <laughs> okay. Surprise. And uh, yeah. So looking back uh-huh. on all of the different segments that we've done, I'm not talking about my favorite segments, talking about the things that I've learned, mm-hmm. the lessons that I've taken. And the very first one, easily, the thing that has most impacted me was our entire focus on Iris Apfel. Yes. Uh, We've talked about her over and over again, but the big thing that we take out of that when it comes to design and decorating in our home or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it is that you do that for yourself. Iris, you know, if if we show pictures of her or if you see her, she's this 90 what, 99 now? Yeah. She just had a birthday. Fashion icon. There's these great big, you know, saucer sized glasses, you mm-hmm. know, round glasses and jewelry like crazy. She clinks when she walks. Yep. Very, very eccentric in mm-hmm. that regard. I mean, looking at her, it is chaos. Yes. And when you, you know, she's largely in the fashion field, which which really makes this interesting that this is my favorite thing that we've ever talked about. But mm-hmm. when we distilled all of the fashion lessons that we learned from her and applied them to design in our own homes, yeah. What we came away with is that you do it for yourself. And mm-hmm. that is something that I've said for years, you know, working in the store at Repcolite. I don't know how many times we would talk to customers who are feeling like they've got to pick this, you know, I need a gallon of this color because this is what, you know, my designer said, or this is what this other person told me to get. And I'm not right. big on it, but it's all about you. You yeah. live there. And it's about the colors you choose should be colors that mean something to you. 
And beyond that, the things that you fill your home with should be things that matter to you, things that tell a story for you. Or that just make you happy. When you see them, they bring a smile to your face. It's that one thing that you can go and look at if you're having a bad day and you smile and it just seems a little bit better. I mean, how many people have we talked to since we did that um, event last year at this time? How many people have we talked to who have been influenced or impacted by the things that we said and they actually acted upon the things that we said. They went and purchased something or they did something for themselves and they went, you know, it's a whole new way of thinking. It just right. opened their eyes. I felt right. so good about that. <laughs> I know. It was very rewarding because it's so fun. It, it changes yeah. this whole decorating thing from sometimes stressful yes. into something that mm-hmm. is really, really fun and really, really rewarding. My sister has a great story where she bought, I forget what it was. So that, that makes the story less great than it could have been. <laughs> but I, it, it was a, a little clock or something, maybe a cat clock. Yeah, I thought it was, it was one of those cat clocks with the little That's what eyes. I kind of thought was the story, but I could yeah. be wrong on that. But the point is, she bought this thing that really didn't fit into her decorating style. Right. You know, everybody has this style, and we try to buy things that fit into mm-hmm. that. She stepped outside because of that event and because of the times that we talked about Iris on the radio. And right. she just loved this clock and bought it. And I was talking to her, and she was relaying the story that her son, college-age son, had walked into the room and had pointed out this particular item and said, that is my favorite thing that you've ever bought and put in the house. And Laura was surprised. And she said, well, what do you mean? Why? Why is that? He says, because that is the most like you. That is your personality right there. She's got all these other beautiful things in her home that came from all these, you know, nice stores or whatever. But this is the thing. It came from a flea market or, you know, some kind of thrift store. It was other people's garbage. Mm -hmm. But that was the thing that really summarizes her personality, the quirkiness, the funny, the humor, all of that. And it just creates this this item in the home that her son, college-age son, clues into that that's the thing that's the coolest. Right. And when we start filling our home with those kinds of things, you know, it's a process over time. We don't have to decorate all at once. Sometimes we get that feeling. We've got to, you know, hit the store and we'll buy five pictures right. that are from the same kind of, you know, the same artist or whatever, mm-hmm. just different variations on them. There's not a – it can work. If that's you, that's yeah. great. But you don't have to do that. You can really stretch the boundaries. Don't be bound by a style. Right. right. I think that was the oh, bottom yeah. line. How about you? Yeah. Any lessons y'all learned? That's Southern for you. (laughs) Right. Um, I really, the Thomas Jefferson episode or segments that we did really stuck out in my mind because we have this preconceived notion of who our founding fathers are and the way things were, you know, back in those times. And the fact that there was this bright, bright yellow in his dining room and how brilliant it looked compared to what we thought previously had been in there, which was kind of a, you know, dusty blue color. Wedgwood blue, was it called? Yeah. We always think of that when we think of, you know, Williamsburg and that time period, we think of these kind of dusty colors. And really, that wasn't it. I mean, as we were doing the research for that particular segment, we found all of these other 
you know, instances where people were using these much brighter colors than we ever anticipated. You know, there were bright greens and bright blues and bright reds. And then this chrome yellow color. I mean, right. in the dining room, that Monticello, it's funny because uh, history, up until what, I think 10 years ago or so, they mm-hmm. thought it was this yep. Wedgwood blue. That's what they thought the original color was. Right. And they did a little more research, you know, better technology, and they discovered it was actually mm-hmm. this chrome yellow. And we put pictures side by side in the show notes. We were looking at them. We were encouraging you to look at them online because that Wedgwood blue was a calming, cool color like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Right. And it was a great look in that room. But Mm -hmm. the yellow took it to an entirely different level. And then when you realize that's what it originally was. Because like you said, we think of history sometimes Mm -hmm. so often as black and white. Right. You know, in some ways. We, We don't picture the color. And yet, like you're saying, I just finished going through a George Washington biography, and he had the greens, all Mm -hmm. kinds of these bright, bright colors. And we learned all of that when we tackled this Thomas Jefferson segment and and learned about color that way. And the other thing that I thought was so interesting is George Washington is leading the army, the Continental Army, and, Mm -hmm. you know, he's commanding from the battlefield, and yet we've got letters being written back to the contractors at Mount Vernon to make sure they get the color right. And he's in charge of the decorating and he's in charge of the Continental Army. And the colors he's chosen are these very vibrant greens and blues and very interesting. Because nowadays we quite often, I mean, not always, but quite often we think of the decorating being the woman's job. You know, she's in charge of decorating the house and choosing the colors and things like that. And the guys just step back and say, whatever you want, honey. But it hasn't always been like that. At some point, there has been a shift to what we have now because it used to be the men who were in charge of this kind of stuff. You know, the women ran the home, Mm -hmm. but the men were in charge of these decorating decisions. And, man, they were really good at it. I mean, Thomas Jefferson just, it blew me away. It's a very interesting, you and I have talked about that. When did that shift? Why did that shift? That was one of those was always gonna. We were gonna look yeah. into that. Maybe right. we will someday, and you'll yeah. have a guest segment. But guys, don't bail on that. No. We can pull it off. We yeah. don't have to do it ourselves. I think it's always better when we're working with somebody who's maybe <laughs> a little better at it or who leans that way or who can You help may us need a little help. Balance. <laughs> <laughs> but don't shy away from the project. No. You can be involved in that and still be as cool as a founding father, and who wouldn't want that? Exactly. Now, Betsy, that is all the time we've got. This is it. I'm going to let you wrap it up. Take Really? Us, take us to the end, Betsy. Well, you know, I only have one line at the end. But you can you can wing it. This is your chance. I, I don't have anything to say because then it's just going to make <laughs> me sad. I know. Thank I know. you, everyone, for listening, for hanging with us in there. You'll hear from me soon. All right. Thanks, Betsy, for everything. If you guys want to catch this episode again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. Whatever you do, make sure paint's a part of it. 
Repcolite and Port City Paint Stores are open until 3 o'clock today, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Betsy Thompson. Remember, if you're about to lose your DIY sanity, we can help you fix that crazy. And if you got a parcel of kids in your home that are driving you crazy, and it's just now starting to be the stuck-in-the-house time, maybe you need a little Ajigan teal on your walls. Yeah, maybe walk away from the chrome yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. 